0: Hi, and welcome to The Conscious Loop, where woo woo and the real world collide. I'm your host, Katrina DeAngelis. Join me as we explore what it looks like to live consciously almost always. Each episode, we dive into transforming mindsets and shifting paradigms through topics such as developing self awareness, living authentically, communication, strengthening relationships, and leading from the inside out. If you're ready to break out of your unconscious loops and discover what else is possible, you came to the right place. You ready? Let's dive in! Hello all and welcome back to The Conscious Loop. Today I have Steph Morris on the show. She is a love, sex, and intimacy coach who works with women to experience the magic within their bodies and own who they are so that they can live a turned on and turned up life. She has so much juicy, amazing magic and wisdom to share. I'm so excited to have her here on the show. I've worked with Steph for the past few years and have personally experienced so many different just shifts and transformations with her. So I'm excited to have her here to give you a little taste of what she has to offer and so that you can walk away with a few tidbits, tips, tricks, information, insights and to allow you to really shift and transform into the next iteration of you. All right. Welcome, Steph. It's so amazing to have you here on the show. So I'd love for you to share with our audience here just a little bit about your journey and who you are, who you were five years ago to who you are
1: today. Mm, thank you for having me. I'm super excited for this juicy conversation. My name is Steph. I'm a love, sex, and intimacy coach. And I am a very different human than I was just a few years ago, so if we backtrack a little bit to say, let's say like 2018, 2019, I was very much a hustle queen, loved to work, loved coffee, lack of sleep, and basically anything that was go, 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 fast-paced, let's do this, get shit done kind of vibe. That was what I was into. I wasn't really into my health or wellness or connected to my body. My whole life revolved around working, because I loved what I was doing. But it was not truly fulfilling me, and it wasn't truly energizing me. I really, my body was not in a good space. So just for context, a couple years prior to this, around 2017, I ended up in hospital from having a self-induced burnout. I had a seizure and ended up Having a 24 hour hospital stay and a $12,000 hospital bill, and it was purely from burnout. And that lesson was not learned back then. So I had been living in this, this way for quite some time. But what I wasn't able to make change because I didn't get to the root cause of why I was living the way that I was living. I was still living from a place of unworthiness, which I had no awareness around. I was trying to prove myself. I was living from a place of lack. And so after this hospital, visit and this really anxiety inducing experience I got back into the same old habits the same old patterns and it wasn't until I went on a retreat in Costa Rica that I was given the gift of time and of space and of pause and reflection and that really was the time in my life that made me stop and question what the fuck I was doing who I was what I wanted for my life projecting a few years ahead i was like i know exactly where i'm going to be and i don't really like where i'm headed my life was great on paper i loved i loved so many things about it but it didn't really feel good to me but i've never had that time and space to really check in with my feelings because i wasn't connected to my body my feelings my intuition or any, any of those pieces so that costa rica retreat was such a gift for me and that was a catalyst for me completely transforming how i feel as a human being because To be completely honest, my life hasn't changed that much the way it looks, but the way I feel, the way I show up and how I experience life has completely transformed. So I've really gone from being disconnected from my body, feeling quite insecure, being really quiet, being shy, really cringing, talking about any topics like relationships or sex or, you know, those really deep, vulnerable topics taboo topics typically I never spoke about because I felt so awkward. And now this is the work that I do. I'm so connected to my body, my intuition. I guide women in this work because it's been so transformational for my own life. Once I discovered this and saw the results I was getting, I felt literally, it sounds cliche, but I did feel this calling, like this burning flame within me that told me I have to share this with other women because if I can transform so much and I can change completely as a person, but really it was about not changing into someone I'm not, it was becoming who I was always meant to be. It it was becoming who I knew I authentically was and finally remembering that and stepping into that. And that was my desire to share with all women. So long story short, that is how I got here today and it really has been a wild ride and I'm so grateful for all of it.
0: Wow, thank you so much, Friricia. I love how you said it's not about becoming who you were meant to become or meant to be, but becoming you know more of who you already were and that version of you that's already within and that you get to tap into and be more of with yourself and also with the world. And I think that's so powerful, and it's really interesting because I feel so many people, I'm sure, can resonate with this. You know we hear about burnout a lot, we hear about being in your masculine a lot, overachieving. And I certainly resonate with that journey, which of course led me to, to working with you as well. You know, where does that come from? And you, cause we mentioned you had burnout, but it wasn't even, and you had this massive hospital bill, but it wasn't, that didn't even really become the thing or the reason that you changed. And I feel like we see that all the time. People have health concerns, people have scares, people have You know, they go in these cycles of burnout and then like, go, 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 rest for a week, go, 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 rest for a week. Right. It's this like constant stop and go. What do you think people need to hear or feel or believe to give themselves permission to shift and not just fall into that same cycle? Like, What permission did you need or did you finally get that allowed you to shift?
1: Hmm. Well, so often, unfortunately, it takes people getting to that place multiple times, hitting that rock bottom to say, no more, I'm not going to keep playing out these patterns again and again and again, because it is common, like in my experience and so many others, they have these, this burnout, this hospital visit, this physical illness, this disease, and that's not enough to make them change. And oftentimes, the first part is that people aren't connecting that like the physical symptoms, to their lifestyle, to the way that they're being, to the way that they're feeling or not feeling. Oftentimes, we are numbing out so much that we don't really know how we feel and therefore we're not connecting the dots. So the first thing to really know is whatever is happening externally in your life and whatever is happening physically in your body, so any physical symptoms, that is just a reflection of what is happening deep down in your body, in your nervous system at an unconscious level so really taking a look giving yourself the time to say what is in my life right now that i am saying i don't want and take responsibility for that and know that your emotional state your energetic state we have physical mental emotional and energy bodies oftentimes we're just focusing on the physical now more people are focusing on the mental body on their mind but most people are still not going down into their emotions and into their feelings and focusing on their energy. And that's really where we have to get to. And that's how we can create the shifts because it happens when we go deep. We can't just change things at a physical level and at a mental level. And just to reiterate this point, we see this with the diet industry. How many people are stuck? It's a billion dollar industry. How many people are stuck yo-yo dieting for the whole lives? They're trying to lose weight physically, and oftentimes they can, but it's not sticking. It's because they're not getting to the root cause and healing the emotional and oftentimes traumatic experiences that have caused them to play out those patterns of perhaps restrictive or binge eating or whatever it is in their life. That's why the change isn't occurring, and so we have to get down into the depths and really evaluate. And that can only happen when we have the understanding that everything is connected. We take full personal responsibility, and then we give ourselves the gift of space and the pause and the stillness to really allow things to come into the light, allow things to come from our unconscious into our conscious mind so that we can make those shifts. Because everything is happening on an unconscious level, and the things that you say you don't want some part of you wants them. That's why they're in your life. And we have to take that full responsibility. So it's about the depth and the pause and the awareness. Everything is connected.
0: I completely agree. Everything is so connected. And I think the diet is a really good example of that layer of depth as well. So it's like, okay, yeah, you go on a diet. You know, you want to lose a few pounds. Maybe you want to gain some muscle. Maybe you want to gain weight. Like whatever it is that you're, you're trying to achieve. And you address it with like a very surface level thing of I'm going to take intake more calories or I'm going to work out more. I'm going to do this, but not addressing like the deeper mindset issues, the energetic body, the spiritual body. And so I'm curious when you think about your transformation and your shifts that you, you know, went through with your burnout and even to who you are today. What were some of those deeper unconscious loops or unconscious patterns that you had to really shift to be the version of you that you are right now
1: Mm. for me two things one was healing my deep unworthiness wound which I didn't even realize that I had so when I was living this fast-paced go 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 lifestyle I didn't think I had a worthiness wound I felt like I loved myself I felt like I had great self-care great self-love I'm like no I know I'm worthy and it's because I didn't have that space and time to really go deeper. So that's something for people to have awareness around as well. That oftentimes the, the root causes and the, the unconscious patterns we don't even have the awareness of. So if you hear this and you're like, worthiness wound, I definitely don't have that. You, you might not, but most of us do to, to varying degrees. So for me, it was really healing that, which, is really a lifelong journey because new level, new devil, You know, the bigger we want to go in our life, the deeper we have to go with our healing so that we can really reach those new levels. So that was that part, but also safety. And this all ties together because it all comes back to healing our inner child and really going back to that young part of ourselves because that's where the programming is imprinted into us. That is where it's those young experiences under the age of eight years old that have really created the internal narratives that we're living out today so if you're a perfectionist or if you are determined to be the best at what you do or prove yourself prove you prove that you're worthy by you know burning yourself out in your work that comes from childhood so really going deeper into that and that's something that most people don't want to do it's like oh I don't want to go there I don't want to dive into that but it really determines everything in your life. So for me, it was gaining the awareness that I didn't feel worthy, I didn't feel good enough. And once I had that awareness and I went back to childhood and teenage years, I really saw how that played out and how I was consistently having that story validated that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough, that other people are better than me and I am less than, and really feeling safety in being myself. So this kind of led to... The narrative that I had, or the way I showed up was quiet, was shy. I didn't share myself with people. I didn't speak unless people really spoke to me. I closed myself off to the world. That was how I showed up. And that was because the story that I was living was that it's not safe to be seen and it's not safe to be heard. And that came from experiences as young as five years old, which if I'd experienced those things as an adult, wouldn't have had an impact on me. But as a five-year-old things can be really intense and we don't have the emotional capacity to deal with those sorts of things. So those were the, the two pieces for me and they still come up. They still show up in new love um, but really going back to childhood and finding that part of myself that wants to be small and that doesn't feel safe and continuing to love and to nurture her and to reparent that part of myself because my parents or my caretakers are no longer responsible for that. I am an adult woman it's now my responsibility to heal that part of myself. So those were the two main things on my journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So powerful. And that personal accountability piece and really, you know, taking responsibility over your own journey and knowing that there are deeper la- levels and layers that you can go to and unpack and unfold to feel the sense of freedom um, that you do get to experience today. And, you know, often we hear like you don't we don't know what we don't know right so oftentimes there's so much available to us but at any given time we don't even know what's available um because we're just used to what we have around us what we see around us and so i think it a common experience that a lot of people can resonate with with that burnout or just like high overdrive drinking a lot of coffee productivity high achiever and all these types of things and thinking that that actually is What you want, or what you should be doing, or how you should be, and maybe not even realizing where it's actually coming from. And for you, it was that love, that unworthiness. So I'm curious if you were to go back to that version of yourself that didn't know what you know now and who only knew what she knew then, what would you say to her? What advice would you give her, or what would you want her to know?
1: Mm. Two things. One, you're lying to yourself and you need to figure out what lies you're telling yourself and be really honest with yourself because as humans, we are so good at lying to ourselves and just living in complete denial about parts of our life, that this work is filling us up, that this relationship is serving us, that the place that we live, it's fine. You know, I'm happy. It's all okay. We, ha- we tell ourselves lies to protect ourselves because we're not ready to really deal with sometimes the intensity of what is required to make changes to create the outcome, the reality that we actually want. So know that everybody is lying to themselves to varying degrees. Once you can take ownership of that and acknowledge that, then you can start to play with, okay, let me see where I am lying to myself and let me start to be radically honest with myself. So that would be the first thing. Um again, though, if you told me that a few years ago, I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm very, I'm a very, very honest person. So to me, why would I lie to myself? I consciously could not comprehend that, but we all do it. And I've really seen that a lot recently and really acknowledged even in the last few months where I have been lying to myself. So it's is interesting. It's the very interesting, but humans are very complex beings. Our psyches are are wild. So that would be the first thing. The second piece would be go back to the basics. So manage stress levels, which if you told this to me again, five years ago, I would have yawned and been like, so boring. Stress, sleep, you know, these are all things that we know. It's so talked about. Manage your stress levels, get enough sleep, eat healthy. However, I don't think people are really taking it seriously because it's really the basic things that make the biggest difference. If you are experiencing so many daily stresses, you are probably living in fight or flight mode. You're in that reactive sympathetic response where your body can't differentiate between a toxic email or you know a reactive email from your boss that you don't really like. Your body doesn't know the difference between that and you about to be eaten by a bear. So the response in your body is the same. And we experience so many stresses throughout the day of those minor stresses like your ex messaging you um, or your kid screaming in your face or whatever it is there are so many things that we experience and people are drinking too much coffee people are not sleeping enough um something that you know which i got you onto, is hrv so like i think everybody should get an aura ring and start tracking their sleep to see how effective their sleep is because lots of people are sleeping a lot but their sleep efficiency is not very good. So I think going back to those basic things, because that's where it begins, you can only create change and transformation if you have a regulated nervous system. If your nervous system is dysregulated, don't do anything until your nervous system is regulated. And we don't actually want to have a calm nervous system 24-7. That isn't what we're aiming for because there are always gonna be stresses in life. We want to be able to have a flexible nervous system that can oscillate between the sympathetic, um, those stress responses, and then can regulate back to a parasympathetic, that rest and digest response. So that's why things like uh, cold exposure, breath work, running, um, weights at the gym, those things are all good for us because it's causing stress in the body, but in small amounts. And then we come back into that parasympathetic state and activate that sense of calm in our body. So that is literally the first thing. Nothing can happen until we have that piece checked off. And that is often the hardest for so many people because things like seven cups of coffee a day is causing a lot of stress in your body. Sleeping for five hours a night night is stress on your body because you're not rested enough. Over working out can cause too much stress in the body. So there are so many things and it really comes down to the basics. So that's where you gotta start. And then the, the step by step by step starts to unfold. Once your nervous system is regulated, once you are well rested, and once you have relieved some of that stress in your day to day life.
0: Wow. Yeah. So important. And I think like I even resonate with that in my own journey and still to this day, the nervous system piece where I didn't even notice that I was stressed or that my nervous system wasn't calm because I was so used to feeling that way and having this like underlying maybe tension or yeah, like a nervousness maybe in my body that was driving me, right? Like it was it was driving me forward. It was keeping me in flow in a way or it was keeping me productive, but it wasn't actually serving me. And I didn't realize what it felt like to feel a calm nervous system, probably until I started doing breath work and some of the cold therapy and things like that, where right after that experience, you're just Loading, and it's like this sense of calm where I'm like, oh my god, I'm not like tensing my body or like you know trying to stretch out because my nervous system is not trying to re-regulate. So I find that really interesting because I think we're so used to being on overdrive and having a nervous nervous system that we don't actually realize that that's not really normal or that it can feel better because it's so normalized mm-hmm. and so.
1: Totally,
0: I completely agree. Monitoring sleep and and sleep is so important, and that's something that I've only recently realized. I think you know, I used to be the type of person similar to you, Steph, where it's like I can sleep for five or six hours; it's fine. I'll just like wake up, have some coffee, be good to go, and then I'm like, my nervous system kicks in, and I'm just almost functioning on that adrenaline. It took a burnout to realize that I needed sleep and being told by a device such as a sleep app and an aura ring to give me permission to sleep. And that's, I think, where you you mentioned personal accountability and responsibility. And I think that's really important. And I would say that here where it's like, take accountability and responsibility over the areas in our life where we do feel like we could do better or we could feel better or we could be doing something different for our health without letting it get to a point of now you actually have no other choice because you're burnt out or you need like a professional opinion or advice from an app to do it right like learn Mm -hmm. what you feel like and what you need and what your needs are so that you can honor those and I think that's like a really big piece right talking about the needs and I know stuff we've worked a lot on this with myself as well and I'm curious what do you see as themes maybe in with in your life, or even with the clients that you get to work with, when it comes to knowing and understanding your needs, what prevents us from asking for what we need or taking that responsibility or accountability or having those boundaries over ourself?
1: Mm, that's a really good question. And before I answer that, I do wanna just touch on the app portion because again, we're really good at lying to ourselves. We're really good at bypassing ourselves. So using things like apps or an aura ring or an Apple watch or whatever it is, something external to validate your internal experience is really helpful because you can't lie or you can't, you can't argue with data and data. We have to be tracking. Think about marketing when it's not marketing. If you're not tracking and measuring and actually making decisions based on the data data is super important and so this is just another area that we can use the data to make decisions and if you are you know we can wake up and feel really tired but then be like but I, I slept for seven hours last night then you can go into your app and see oh actually it's saying that my REM sleep and my deep sleep was really low and my heart rate was really high and my temperature was high so maybe I'm getting sick like there are is data to back up that actually I'm getting sick, which is going to help me make decisions that maybe I'll lay off the copies today. Maybe I'll cancel the plans this weekend and have a really chilled weekend so that I can rest because everything is showing me that my health is not in an optimal state. That's where I think it's really, really helpful. You can't argue with that. You can argue with yourself and how you feel and say, I've slept this much. I didn't do anything. I don't deserve rest. All of those things. It takes the mental battle out of it. So I really, really recommend that. And the other the other point to make is that when your baseline is so low, you don't realize that you're not thriving. Most people are simply surviving, but they're telling themselves they're thriving. And I resonate with what you shared because I genuinely thought I was thriving off five and a half hours sleep. I wore that like a badge of honor. Like I get up at 5.30 and I go to my personal trainer and I come home and I'm great and I'm working till you know, midnight and having three coffees a day. I was so proud of that. And I thought I was doing so well. And it was only once I started to sleep and gave myself permission to be sleeping eight to nine hours a night that I was like, oh my gosh, I was exhausted. Like what? How was I actually living? And so something that I really recommend is give yourself 30 days. Start something for 30 days. With sleep, a week is not enough to really reset your circadian rhythm. It's going to take you about 30 days. So trial and error, give yourself 30 days to regulate your sleep and try to sleep for eight to nine hours a night and be consistent with your wake up and your bedtime for 30 days and track, see how you feel, journal every week. How have I been sleeping? How much coffee have I been drinking? How much alcohol have I been drinking? How have I been eating? How, am I, how have I been moving my body? So that again, you have that record of the things that you've been doing And then rating how you feel, that's gonna help you actually make the changes in your life and see that maybe you were kind of lying to yourself that you're thriving off six hours of sleep and four coffees a day. So I just wanted to add that. And then the question was needs.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm just laughing too, because I'm realizing all of the times that I woke up, even after like honestly two glasses of wine, I'm like, I'm fine. I wake up feeling fine. And then I like look at my aura ring and I'm like, not so fine. <laughs> so, And then you do feel the impacts of that throughout the day. But I think without those metrics, I probably would have just gone to, OK, coffee, move on with my day. And then you kind of start to feel normal again. But mm. there is still impact to your body. And so I think it's mm. so important. Um, the question is needs. Like, how do you when we're on overdrive and we're go, 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 go. Right. We're often denying our needs. And I think there's a a big part of Especially for women, like asking for what we need, honoring ourselves, honoring our body, um, knowing what our boundaries are. So what's a common what do you see as a common maybe roadblock or challenge and and the shift that sometimes needs to occur to allow somebody to take responsibility over what their needs are? Because nobody's going to tell you or protect your needs for you until you have that ability to express them for yourself.
1: Mm. It comes back to not feeling worthy. So, as women, generalizing here, but it's pretty common that we're overgivers. We're always doing things for other people. There are so many roles that women are playing. Often they're working, but they're also the wife, the mother, the lover. A lot of women are basically parenting their partners or mothering their partners, and amongst all the other roles, cat often can be caretaker as parents. There are so many different roles that we're playing and it's in our nature as predominantly feminine beings, again, generalizing, but if we are a woman and we're more feminine, that those qualities are nurturing and are caring and are loving and are looking out for other people. And so it's very common that we forget about ourselves and that comes down to not feeling worthy of our own, receiving our own love and not feeling worthy or feel like we're letting other people down if we put ourselves first. I don't know how many women I've heard feeling or saying that it's selfish for them to say no to their partner or to their kids or to a friend. And and this shows up as people pleasing, as being indecisive, as burning out, as not being able to say no and always saying yes and it just it it comes down from not feeling worthy to slow down to rest to take care of themselves and again this comes down to childhood this comes down to the examples and the role models um that were shown to us growing up so if your mother was constantly overgiving and i know for a lot of people in in our generation our mothers were very overgiving constantly doing things for other people they weren't going out and going on retreats and having a spa day and doing their morning practice before the kids got up and, you know, doing the things that a lot of our generation are doing now, they weren't doing any of that. So a lot of us were shown this martyr approach to life and then we have internalized that and we have taken that on and that has become our conditioning as well as how we grew up as children, the roles that we had to play from a young age that have imprinted into us and so really the worthiness thing again and that can show up as not feeling good enough or i don't deserve rest or rest isn't productive or there's so many different ways and, and narratives that it can show up for different people so that terminology might not resonate with you but just get clear on what does so that would be a the biggest thing for women and it's shows up in different ways of not feeling safe to be seen not feeling safe to ask for what they need and this shows up in relationships in work in friendships in every area of life because everything is of course connected
0: yeah absolutely and what do you think you know in in your journey or commonalities again that you see with with people where when you do start getting into more alignment with yourself knowing what your needs are growing, changing, evolving in whatever way that might look like. And everyone's evolution probably is going to look very different. But I think there's common roadblocks that I know I've seen and I've experienced for myself with the more true that you feel like you're becoming to you, sometimes the more difficulty the external world kind of presents you or that you have to face. Because when you go from people pleasing and doing things for other people or for other people's comfort to now doing things for you and for your comfort and for your true authenticity and your alignment. What are some of those experiences that you had to overcome along the way with either people in your life? And you've made some like amazing, bold decisions in your life, even in transitioning into this type of work, being so, you know, giving and wise and with everything that you share in terms of sex and relationships online, like that takes courage. I know in your relationship, same thing, like a lot of things that takes courage and that you've done multiple times throughout the years. So within each of those, you know, bold moves and decisions that are you coming into more alignment with yourself and knowing what your authentic, authentic expression looks like, what comes up in the world and what are some things that you have to face to move through that and really evolve into that next version? Mm-hmm.
1: So the thing that we have to have awareness around is that we don't live an amazing life from a place of ease, and we do have to be bold and make bold moves and courageous decisions to get over the hurdle that gets us to everything that we've ever dreamed of. Most people don't want that. They want comfort. They want ease. They want the... the the comfortable path and that's great but that doesn't get you what you truly desire so there are so many things that we have to be okay to work through and oftentimes when you say when you when you declare i'm ready for more i'm no longer settling i want everything that i've ever dreamed of and i want to become the person that i know i'm meant to be and really remember who that is you're going to get challenged with things you're going to be tested in all of the ways. And I really believe I'm spiritual. So I believe in the universe. I believe that's, you know, guidance from the universe being like, are you sure? Because at the first hurdle, are you going to give up? Or are you, you know, going to be like, okay, let me go back to the path of comfort. Or are you going to be like, no, this is what I want. And this is what I want to overcome. The only way that you can actually do that and know that you're making the right moves and the right decisions when faced with those challenges and hurdles is having a connection to your body and having a connection to your inner compass and having a connection to your nervous system and the tools to be able to regulate yourself. And how can we see whether we're in alignment or whether we're on the right path is again through physical symptoms in the body. So for me, something that I've experienced Um, using the last few months as an example, or the last probably six months, I've had crazy acne flare ups. Never had this before. Okay. Not true. I did have acne as a teenager. And then when I came off the pill a few years ago, I had acne flare ups, but I managed my hormones, like regulated my hormones, worked with an amazing naturopath, got all of that in check. And it wasn't until, um, yeah, the last probably six or so months, my skin started going crazy. So I was watching, you know, what I was eating what I was putting on my skin, like all of the external things I was really taking control over because I know how things work. And then I was doing everything, but then that for me was a big, skin is such a big indicator and messenger of our internal world. So I knew doing the work that I do that that was something internally that was off or maybe something in my life that wasn't in alignment. Something else that I'll share also um, that I have experienced this year was my hair? My hair really started to thin, and I had a lot of hair loss um, and hair falling out. Just kind of part of the reason why I cut my hair off because <laughs> it just needs some love to grow back. Now that I'm out of the stress and out of sort of the darkness and the chaos, I'm able to my body, my my nervous system is regulated, and things are going to be getting back more into flow and into the optimal state. But those are physical symptoms. Anxiety is another one. Anxiety is a perfectly normal response to a chaotic or overwhelming situation. There's nothing bad about anxiety. That is just your body telling you that there's something out of alignment or something is wrong. And it's on you to take that piece of information from your body and to question and to say, what here needs to change? And so when we look at the physical things, because everybody has physical things to to varying degrees unless you are really into the health and wellness and emotional regulation then you probably have some form of physical symptom this can also be inflammation or bloating or womb issues there's a lot of women who have pcos or fibroids or cysts and many many different things skin issues eczema psoriasis all of these different things that is your body telling you that there's something off and there's a piece of alignment um, that's missing. So, you have to not just go to the doctor and get the antibiotic, steroid cream for the external skin, which sure can help, but really reflect and look at what is not working in your life. And again, being really honest with yourself. So, the biggest point is everything's connected, and physical symptoms don't just arise for shits and giggles. They're there to tell you something, they're actually a gift. If we choose to listen to them, and if we actually take that information as the breadcrumb, and we follow that breadcrumb to go deeper into our system and our being to discover what really needs to shift.
0: Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I. It's so funny as you were talking, I realized you you mentioned bloating,
1: and I was like, wow,
0: I haven't been bloated in so long. But that was so something that I experienced, and I actually never realized that it was probably something out of alignment in, in my life because I don't really think anything has shifted majorly in terms of what I'm eating or things like that. It was a symptom that was probably a result of not feeling in an alignment. And I had my appendix removed. I think it, it was almost two years ago now. And I was like healthy up until that point. And I remember like two days before I it, like, had burst and I had to go to the hospital, the emergency room. I was like, I feel like my body's being ripped in half, like physically, like because of the stress I was feeling and experiencing. I was like, I just feel like I'm being torn in so many directions. And like, I can't make everyone happy. Like it was all this external pressure. And two days later, I was like in the hospital (laughs) being ripped in half. So it's, it's wild what our body will do. And so I you know, I really second that and appreciate you sharing that because it's listening and looking at what's happening to our bodies and what's the deeper meaning of that. And it was funny. I was working with my therapist the other day and I had bit my lip and it wasn't healing. And I was like, I don't understand why it's not healing like it. And it was hurting so much. And it was like, as soon as we address, like, what could the spiritual meaning be behind that? It started to heal. Though to me, it's not healing. But it was like it was completely virtual, like it shifted as soon as I had realized what was actually going on. And so some of those things might seem like a little bit out there and weird, but it's 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 really not. I think like the more open we are and curious we are with ourselves, like, of course, you're going to do the work to heal externally as well. Like whether it's taking care of your skin or, you know, salt water with your mouth or whatever you need to heal, like that's typically a given, right? What I would like to invite people to do more of is be curious about what the deeper meaning is. And so I love that invitation that, that you just gave people to do as well.
1: Mm. One thing I'd love to add, to yeah. that, I totally agree. We're not saying don't go to the doctor, not saying don't watch what you eat and make sure that it's you know clean. And something that also people, a lot of people don't realize is the stuff that we're putting on our skin can often be very, very toxic. So really taking responsibility, starting to look at labels of what are the ingredients that you're putting on. All of that is very, very, very important where it's really even more important for for people who are just fed up. They're fed up of feeling inflamed or feeling bloated, or I hear time and time again from women, I just can't shift this weight. I've been trying forever. I'm doing all of the things. I'm even counting calories. I'm working out. And then I'll ask them, "But how's your relationship? oh, well, my partner's really stressed out. We haven't had sex in seven months. The intimacy isn't there, all of these pieces. And I'm like, you'll never lose the weight whilst you're in the relationship in the current state. I'm not saying leave your partner, but this needs to be addressed. And that's a really obvious um, example that's actually not obvious to a lot of people. They're trying to separate things. Another thing to realize is, and again, coming back to partnership because I think it's so important. And This is something I didn't realize for a long time. You can be doing all of the work on yourself. You can be healing yourself, emotionally regulating, nervous system regulating, working out, nourishing your body, self-care, all of the things. If you're sleeping in a bed with somebody who is not doing that same level of work, who has maybe an extremely dysregulated nervous system, maybe a slightly dysregulated nervous system, or maybe they are just really stressed out, you are being affected by that. And so you have to really, really... Look at the relationships in your life and especially the romantic relationship and see what they're doing. Cause you're not separate. I mean, you are separate beings, but you have an entity together, AKA your relationship that is a third party entity that is part of you and part a huge, huge, huge part of your life. And so looking at that piece also, and people might be like, how? But it's because our nervous systems are tuned to those around us. And so we can use animals and we can use pets to regulate ourselves. And to regulate our nervous system because they're just pure, regulated, unconditional love, high vibrational, like calm, beautiful, little loving beings. And that can really help calm us down. Also look at the relationships in your life, the people that you're spending the most time with. Because that also will have an impact on how you're feeling and your health. And there's actually been studies around women who, I can't remember who did the study, I'll have to look this up. But women between women and men. And women weren't able to lose like five or 10 pounds because they were sleeping in a bed with a man who was slightly overweight or was not kissing on their health. Like there's scientific studies to back this up. So that also could be, I'm not saying go and blame your partner. I'm not saying like, do not do any of that. It's just consider that, that maybe that's also having an impact on you. And we have to look at things holistically. It's not one approach. It's let's lay everything out on the table and start to make incremental shifts to optimize your health and optimize your your well-being and your the way that you feel on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah absolutely And I think that comes full circle back to needs too because even in my own relationship I've noticed it it's asking for what you need I don't I might not need my partner to go on a diet with me or you know go to the gym with me or do all these things with me But what I do need is for them to understand where I'm at and what's important to me to support that and and vice versa. Right. Like I would like to be able to do that for my partner as well. And so Sam's come to me and been like, you know, I these kind of foods with leptin really upset my stomach. We're eating a lot of them because we're cooking together and all that. Can we just make a more conscious effort that when we go to the grocery store? we're being more conscious of what we're getting. And if you want something, it's totally fine. But I just want you to know that that's where I'm at. Because if I don't know that, I'm just going to be going through the grocery store and being like, do 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 dude, like, let's make all this. And it could be healthy food, but it's not going to be what's good for him. And the same thing for me where I'm like, listen, I know that you work out late and you like to come home and eat a pretty late dinner. That doesn't feel good for me. So, you know, if we can't eat Earlier together, then just be aware that, you know, I'm maybe don't want to eat so late at night. So don't offer it to me. Because obviously he's gonna offer me food at night and be like, hey, do you wanna try this or do you want something? And, and I'm more likely to say yes. But if I'm trying to not eat later at night, it's just that simple thing of being like, hey, this is what I need. This is important to me. This is what would be helpful if you were to be aware of and acknowledge. So you don't need, you know, everyone in your life to always necessarily change with you or do the changes that you're putting into your life but how do you ask for what you need and also acknowledge what's important for you and so so yeah so thank you for for bringing that up as well and I think it's interesting because I've heard before you know people making comments where it's like you don't have to do everything your partner does or they don't have to do everything you do and like that code that's can be codependent and like this that and whatever and it's like that is a very that is one way of looking at it, but it's the intention of where it's coming from. Again, you shouldn't you might not need your partner to eat exactly what you're you're eating, but it's important to be able to express those needs because in a way you are dependent on one another. Like You are dependent on your health and you are dependent on how you show up for each other. And so there is no right or wrong way, I don't think, for anyone, but it's really and you mentioned this earlier, it's knowing what's right and true for you and being able to express mm-hmm. that and ask for that. And that's going to look different in every relationship because every relationship is different. And so as long as you're honoring yourself and the relationship as an entity, like you said, you, your partner, and your relationship, as long as you're honoring those three different parts, I think that's most important. But in order to honor, you need to know what your needs are and what the mm-hmm. needs of the relationship so are. Yeah,
1: And that's where it comes back to managing stress levels, pausing, going slower in life so that you can really discover those pieces, those needs, those desires, because that's going to be changing and evolving. What you desire and need one month is going to be different from another month because we go through different seasons in life, seasons where we're focused on maybe being a parent or really growing a business or being more of the... Nurturing, cooking, baking kind of person. We go through these different seasons and we have to be able to honor those, know what we want, what we need and communicate those effectively. And that's going to be always evolving and changing. And communication really is the secret to a long and happy and fulfilling relationship. It is the most important thing. And most people are really bad at communicating. And communication, to to effectively communicate, again, we have to be able to communicate with ourselves first. So that's really important and the foundation to everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, communicate. I mean, I see that in corporate clients with myself. With It's like no matter how good I think I am at communicating, I constantly realize how much better I could be and how much deeper there is to go within communication. And it always comes back to needs because whenever there's a communication issue with anyone in my life, it's always because I'm not recognizing in that moment what a need of mine is and I'm overriding it Mm. and jumping too quickly to the next thing. And so, yeah, super important. And one of the last questions I would love to ask, you know, on this theme of of understanding yourself more and really slowing down and and doing some of this work to self-regulate. What are some tips that people could take away today and implement today to really get in touch with themselves to regulate and come into deeper and more alignment with themselves?
1: Hmm. Well, my first thing is always to say breathwork, though I know that's pretty challenging for a lot of people to get into because there's so many layers of resistance to overcome to really get into that practice. So the best thing that I recommend people to do is to journal and Often the best way of doing this is commit to once a week reflection journaling on looking at the last seven days and setting an intention for the next seven days. And kind of like I shared a little bit earlier, asking those questions to yourself about how did I feel this week? What emotions were present? What do I wish I could have felt more of or experienced more of? How were my eating habits, my movement habits, my sleeping habits, my caffeine habits, whatever other habits you have. Perhaps Uber Eats, how much takeout did I order? How much money did I spend? Perhaps really taking a look at how you were behaving, the habits that you were displaying, and then how you were feeling and getting intentional about what you want. Because it's so easy when you're in that hustle and in that fast place, go, go, go life, that the days go by, the weeks go by, the months go by, the years go by, and you're not really in control of your life and where it's going. You're not in the driver's seat. And this is a great way to just take a step back and reflect once a week and see what changes, what subtle shifts can I make this week so that I just feel a little bit better. And I like to write out in ratings. So I use scales a lot of one to 10. How do I feel? What emotions am I feeling the most? How do I'm using one word to to guide myself, like one word intention for how I want to move through the week so for me something from my kind of wild chaotic life that I have experienced over the last four or five months my defining and guiding word was peace so I started to run everything through that lens of does it bring me peace and I started to make decisions yes or no based on that word that word will change as I move through different seasons of life But coming up with that one word, maybe for the next month or the next few months or the next week even, and then make your decisions based on that. Is this extra coffee going to bring me peace? Or is this extra coffee going to make my cortisol spike, make me feel like a little bit too frazzled, a little bit too high energy and all over the place? And am I going to really be productive and feel the way that I want to feel? So choose a word, commit to doing your weekly reflection and intention setting journaling, And then from there be open to discovering new practices and to trying new things that can optimize how you feel, optimize your health, optimize your wellness um, and take responsibility for where you're at and where you're going so that you can really create the life of your dreams and have everything that you've ever wanted.
0: Mm. I love that. And what do people have to look forward to on the other side of that? So when you think about, you know, somebody doing more journaling, breath work, getting more in touch with what their needs are. Again, oftentimes we don't know what we don't know. So what's on the other side?
1: On the other side is the most bliss, happiness, joy, peace, elation, ecstasy that you can even imagine. And it's hard to it's hard to measure that when you haven't experienced it. But what I will say is the more pain that you've experienced in your life, the more challenges and chaos that you have moved through, the more sadness and anger and frustration and grief that you've experienced, That is a gift because that means that your capacity to feel, your capacity to hold it all has been stretched so wide and when it gets stretched in that way, it gets stretched in the other way, meaning the more pain that you felt, the more pleasure is available to you. The more sadness you felt, the more happiness on the other side you'll be able to feel. You just have to stick with the process and move through and allow your body to let go of these emotions and these experiences and in some cases these traumas so that it can make space to feel the happiness and the joy that you're desiring. So these things are teachers. They're not bad. They, are, they can be good. We just don't want to cling on to those heavier emotions. Um, a lot of people can form an emotional addiction when that is how they've been living for so long. We can form an addiction to stress. We can form an addiction to tiredness because we have not gone down to the depth and address the root that is creating that in our life but when we do when we clear when we move through and release so much happiness and joy is available to us and the confidence the empowerment the alignment and alignment really is everything that's how you can move through life feeling ease because life doesn't have to be so freaking difficult humans overcomplicate everything. And again, it comes down to the conditioning and the programming that we're living, but it can be simple. Life's not going to be easy. There's always going to be things we can't control, horrible things that are happening in the world, things completely out of our control, but it doesn't have to be so complicated and so difficult.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I feel like that's just such a beautiful nugget to end on. And and the gift also that I would love to give to the audience is Steph, share where people can learn more about the offerings that you have. I know you have so many amazing, even free resources online that can go so hand in hand with this podcast. So where can people find that and how do people stay in touch with you?
1: Mm. Thank you. I've loved this conversation so much. So you can find me on all of the platforms but mostly instagram tiktok youtube my handle is at i am steph with a ph morris so i am steph morris i am all over there i also have my own podcast which is called the unfiltered femme diving into sexuality relationships and all of the taboo topics and as i shared in the opening the thing that changed everything for me was going to a retreat in costa rica in a January, the start of the year, and that is how I host my retreats. I love to bring women together specifically to give them that pause and that space. And so if you're feeling like you need that gift to give to yourself, then Wild and Free Retreats are where it is at. I'd love to connect with you and hold that space for you so that you can dive in and go deep. So let me know what you've loved from this poddy and can't wait to connect.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Like what you heard and want more? Stay connected with our community on social media using the links below. Like us on your favorite podcast provider and sign up for the Conscious Loop newsletter, where we only send you goodies with one intent, to break your unconscious loops. If you have an unconscious loop you want to break free from, let us know so we can feature that loop on the show. Info and show notes, and we'll see you next time in the Conscious Loop.